Our second scripture reading today is from the book of Acts, the New Testament story of the early church, chapter 16, verses 11 to 15. Listen for God's word to you today. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and talked to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her husband, or rather her household, maybe her husband too, were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she prevailed upon us. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is great to be with you all today on this sort of festival Sunday here in the life of our church. Um, and so I want to say hi to those worshiping online uh, at home or listening to this later as a sermon podcast. Um, but to, to you who are here, welcome. It's really good to be together this morning. Earlier this week, I was over in Santa Cruz for a day with a group, a small group of pastors from our presbytery, and we were spending a day kind of in retreat together, reflecting on our lives, sharing about what was going on with us, praying for each other, reading scripture, and just remembering the goodness of God by being out in God's good creation. And as part of this time away, we took a walk through the woods. And as we were walking through this really wooded, woodsy area, we came upon a basketball court with like a nine-foot hoop, a nine-foot rim. And it was like something out of a 1960s summer camp, kind of a leftover from a previous era. And there were even basketballs there. So we, we played a game of horse. Horse is a shooting competition with basketballs. And I will, I will report to you today that your pastor beat all the other pastors in basketball. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how to relate it to my sermon, but I just wanted to share with you. Okay. So I was walking in the woods with these basketball pastors, and uh, it reminded me of that classic poem by Robert Frost, and it's the one that's about a traveler or a hiker or a walker who's in the woods and who comes across two roads in the woods that diverge and divide, two different paths. And he looks at each of these two paths through the woods, and he sees that either of them, maybe both of them, could be good. It could be the right one. It's not that clear. So he pauses to reflect on which way to go. And then it's in that last stanza of, the, of that poem where he writes this, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere, ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in the wood and I. I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. For Robert Frost, he, his traveler took the road less traveled and it led him to the place that he was meant to be. I wonder for us, how does it work to get to the places where God wants us to be? Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's direct. Sometimes we are told. In our Genesis story today, which we heard, Abram and his family are told, go from your father's house, go from your country, go to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. God sends Abram out, and Abram goes with faith, and God promises to bless him, to be with him, and through Abram's family for the whole world and all the families of the world to find their blessing too. 
Sometimes it's clear why you're going somewhere. In a few minutes, we're going to have our group of Mexico missionaries up front, this group of 27 who are being sent from our church down to, down to northern Mexico, where we'll build two houses this next week for two families that have a need. And we're going to join them in their lives just for a week. And we know why we're going. We're being sent with this mission, this purpose. It's very clear. I'm praying for each one who's, I see some of you here, who are on this trip, and you'll discover why you were meant to go on this week away. But sometimes, you know, sometimes choir, it's not so clear why God is calling us or sending us, or where we're meant to go, or which of those roads in the wood we're meant to take. In my Bible study class this last week, we were, we were looking at this passage from the book of Acts, and we read it together. It's a travelogue. It's about St. Paul and his friends Silas. And as they go along, they pick up a kid named Timothy. And then as they go along, they pick up Luke, the writer of Acts. And they all hop in a car. But then because they don't have cars yet, they have to walk. It's a really long road trip. They go on boats. It's a journey. And they go from place to place. And in the class this week, we used a map, and we kind of followed the journey. You know, all those place names? We said, oh, here's where they went, here's where they went. And we looked back further in the text to find the, the larger story of this journey, where they had been. And this is what it says. Before they get to the, down to the river to pray, before they meet these women, before they meet Lydia, the one who gets baptized with her household, this is what it says. Paul and his friends were going through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, which is like a part of Turkey. But they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia, which is the Bible name, the New Testament name for, for Turkey. And so they were forbidden. So they tried to go to a place called Bithynia, but it says the, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter Bithynia. Hold on to that thought. That's important. Bithynia. Then Paul says he has a dream where a man from Macedonia appears and calls out to him and says, Paul, come over to Macedonia in northern kind of Greece. Come over to Macedonia and help us. So now we're up to the part where we read. It says that they set sail from Troas and went to Samothrace, then to Neapolis, then to Philippi, which is a leading city in Macedonia and a Roman colony. They got there, and they were on a Sabbath day, they went out from the city, out of the city gates, down to a river where they supposed it was a place of prayer. When they get there, they meet a group of women who are down praying by the river on the Sabbath day. And they meet one of these women. Her name is Lydia, a successful businesswoman. She runs her own import-export company, dealing in luxury goods. She's successful. She's affluent. She's probably educated. She's a worshiper of God, it says. She's open to spiritual things. So I wonder, how is it that Lydia was down by that river on that Sabbath day, praying, open to hearing the good news about Jesus, and that's exactly where and when Paul and his friends showed up. Isn't that strange? Out of all the places, out of all the roads through the wood that divided, that they could have taken some other route, they don't. They end up meeting this woman, this one woman, right in the place where they're meant to. Two roads diverged in the wood, and I took the one less traveled by. When we read the larger context of the book of Acts, we can see the amazing way that God is at work. God is shaping the journey of these uh, people, helping as they make decisions that lead them ultimately to the place they're meant to be. They wanted to go to Bithynia, but they were blocked by the Holy Spirit. Why? Bithynia is lovely this time of year. Haven't you heard that? 
I'll bet there were many great people in Bithynia. There could have been really good things for them in Bithynia, but God wanted them to go somewhere else. God's work through the Holy Spirit guided Paul and his friends to meet Lydia and her household that day. It says that when Lydia had heard the message about Jesus, her heart was opened and her whole household was baptized together. We think about who's in a household like that. Certainly her children, right, her kids, maybe her servants, people who worked in her household, maybe her employees, right, in that first century context could have been employees, maybe even slaves, people who had to be there. They're all part of her household. Her spouse, he's not mentioned, could have been there as well. These people are all under Lydia's leadership, headship of her household. She's in charge of stuff, and she's bringing them all in with her. A couple minutes ago, we saw a baptism like that with Helen coming forward with Sean. They're two children. I wonder how it is for our sister Helen, who grew up in mainland China, found her way to the United States for job opportunity, education, who met her husband, got married, had kids, has a career. Like Lydia in our story, she is successful. She is handling so many details for her family and her household. I stopped by their house the other day and, uh, to, to, to talk about baptism. And I said, this is a great house. This is so nice. And they said, oh, do you want to buy it? We're selling it. <laughs> and then yesterday, last week I saw Helen and she said, there's so many details when you move. You know, you got to pack everything up. They're moving within the area. Don't worry, they'll still be here. A lot of details around the household. And yet God put her, our sister, in position where she had her heart opened. She had her story changed. She and her household baptized together. She's growing up in her own faith in Jesus Christ. And God is the one who's been at work in and through it all to bring her to this moment in time. I saw a story this week from a friend of mine who is a, a pastor in San Jose, and her name is Lindsay. She shared this story. In 2012, she was at a, a church conference, and her mother was there because my friend Lindsay was a, was a new mom. She had a, a little infant on the hip and a two-year-old, kind of a toddler running around. And so she brought her mom in, kind of grandma, to give some help. Raise your hand. Anybody here a grandparent? Just give me a grandparent's respect. Thank you. Okay. So at one point, this grandma was in charge of the baby, right, and the toddler, and was holding the baby and then said, oh, and I have the baby and I have the, the, the toddler. Where's the toddler? And she looked around and she realized she could not find the toddler. And so she called out to her, her daughter who was there, Lindsay, hey, Pastor Lindsay, your kid is missing. So they both freak out. They start looking around this conference hall. They go into the, nar into the it's not a narthex, it's a lobby. They can't find her. They're kind of getting worried. Suddenly, they hear from the front of the conference hall, all the way down where there's like this long, this, this big worship service happening, they hear a little voice that says, Body of Christ, broken for you. <laughs> it's her kid. It was this kid. This kid had heard the invitation come forward to the table, didn't ask anyone's permission, got in line walked all the way forward behind all those adults. People looked around like, whose kid is this and where are their parents? They got to the front of the line and the, the person said, is it okay to serve tod a toddler communion? Is that okay? But this kid knew what they wanted, knew that they belonged, took communion along with everybody else. This same kid is now 13 years old. Last week, they went before the session of their church, the elders, to profess their faith in Jesus Christ. 
to claim a faith as their own, that they had been baptized into as a baby, that they had been grown up to into through their church life, and now they're welcomed as a member of the church. This kid. Think about all the things that had to happen in their life for them to reach that point where they could claim the promises of God for themselves, where they could stand up and say, I believe and I belong. I don't know about you. I don't know where you are in your own faith journey today. Are you like Paul and his friends who are sent by God and used by God and have this clear directive? They're following, you're following the path that's laid out, like those Mexico mission people saying, yes, we will go on this mission. Maybe you're like Lydia in our story today who's spiritually open to the things of God, a worshiper of God, kind of wondering, what will this mean? Doesn't know where it, want, where it will lead, but wants to say yes. Maybe you're like Helen, our newly baptized today, where you hear God calling your name. Maybe you're like Lydia's household in the story, those, those young people or, or people who worked for her who didn't have much of a say. We don't know their names. They're also baptized. They also received the promises of God even before they knew it, even before they knew what it meant. Like Sean and Helen's kids, even before they fully know what it is, they're already receiving it. Two roads diverged in the yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far I could to where it bent into the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps its better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had warned them about the same, and both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted I should ever come back. Where's God leading you today? Where's God calling you today? Where's God sending you today? If it is clear and open, may you walk down that path with bold confidence, knowing that God goes with you. But if it's not clear, if you are actually today in a time of discerning and deciding, of confusion or trouble or doubt, I want to encourage you to listen closely for God's voice, directly from the Lord, through the friends and siblings and faith in this church, as you bring your requests to God. In the end, there's a lot of grace in this story from the Bible because it's really not about Paul and his friends and all the cool stuff they do, dunking basketballs on pastors' heads. It isn't really about Lydia and her amazing response of faith. It isn't even about those household of those little kids who were brought in. This is a story about the work of God at work in all of their lives. It's a story of the grace of God that is given to them and is given to us again today. So may God bless you as those promises become more clear. As you respond with your life and faith, may you never go to Bithynia, the place you're not meant to be, but may you find yourself right where God has called you and sent you and placed you for a reason. Two roads diverged in the wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. God's way can be hard, but the promise of God is to be with you in it always. Amen.